Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in. Today we have an excellent program. would like to introduce, we have uh, in the studio, Mr. David Wiley. He's the President and CEO of Kansas City Hospice in Palliative Care. We also have two other guests today, Melissa Baskell, and she's the Manager of Volunteer Services, and Lane Foster, and she's the Volunteer Coordinator of the Kansas City Hospice House. And David, Melissa, and Lane... Welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, uh, as as well, uh, our audience may not know, April is National Volunteer Month. And today we're talking all about volunteers and how integral they are uh, to the business at Kansas City Hospice in Palliative Care. And I think listeners might be really surprised to learn just how many volunteers uh, are at Kansas City Hospice in Palliative Care and how vital they are to the operation. So, David, uh, uh, welcome again. And let's uh, let's just un pack that because you have a lot going on in the volunteer area. You know, we do, Steve. It's it's uh, fun to talk about. And I think it's um, it's really one of the very best things about our, the hospice model. And <clears throat> just in terms of a quick history lesson without getting into the nitty gritty, you know, the Medicare law uh, that defines hospice care in America was an enact- enacted way back in 1982. And it actually requires volunteer hours equal at least 5% of the total patient care hours of all of our paid hospice employees. Mm-hmm. So specifically, here there are a few requirements, and you know I'm not going to get into the weeds, but I just want to set the stage so that you know why and how we operate the way we do, and frankly, why it works so well. Okay. So these conditions of participations, or the rules say, that agencies like ours that are Medicare certified have to have at least one employee designated as a volunteer supervisor. We recruit volunteers. We provide training for volunteers. And our volunteers need to be used in day-to-day administrative and or direct patient care roles. And finally, we need to document the cost savings we achieved using volunteers, and then we report that to Medicare on an annual basis. And, you know, this is all outlined in the Code of Federal Regulations under the Conditions of Participations for Volunteers. Um, It happens to be in Title 42, Section 418, but I don't want to get too deep into it. (laughs) But, you know, I want you to know that it's the legal reason behind this, and Kansas City Hospice has to legally work with volunteers. 
And the thinking was that, you know, volunteers would keep hospice providers community oriented and patient and family focused along with maximizing healthcare resources. So, you know, it's a big idea and big goals. And guess what? It actually works and we love it. Absolutely. And I didn't, you know, it makes sense. I didn't realize it was a, it was a condition of participation. So, I mean, this is a mandatory uh, situation, but it's it's really a good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. And, um, you know, I think the benefits of it just are just tremendous. And we're going to talk about that. Okay. So uh, I, I think it sometimes uh, these things that are mandated, uh, they may sound better on paper, or maybe in theory uh, versus reality. But uh, uh, I guess you're saying that integrating volunteers as part of the care team really does work. And like you say, it, it works very well. You know, it does. And I think uh, one of the great things is people that experience our care, they want to give back. And of course, we're a nonprofit. So um, we understand how it works. Yeah, And we also know that anecdotally, we see it every single day, and that, that's part of why Melissa and Lane are here to talk about it. Our volunteers across our organization are simply amazing, and these two women, Melissa and Lane, who help lead and organize and recruit and retain and motivate and celebrate our volunteers are also amazing. You just can't believe the work that they do. And, and on top of that, the Journal of Pain and Symptom Management decided to study whether hospice programs that use more direct patient volunteer hours actually had higher ratings of overall quality of care. So how do volunteers impact our patients' experience with us? And by the way, they acknowledge that previous research really hasn't examined the association between the variation in direct patient volunteer hours and the outcomes of hospice care. So when they did study it, Steve, what they found is that Bereaved family members in hospice programs, so these would be family members that are, um, you know, grieving their loved one, that use a higher rate of direct patient care volunteer hours reported higher ratings of quality of care for, for that hospice program. And the journal's findings supported the importance of hospice volunteers in achieving a high quality hospice program. And we know this, as I said, anecdotally of our own business, but the study found it to be true as well. The finding that bereaved families in hospice programs in the upper quartile of volunteer hours per week reported higher satisfaction with care and that this finding persisted after controlling for the differences in case mix, staffing, size of hospice, and other organizational characteristics. It, this provides evidence of the importance of volunteers in hospice, and this is 100 percent completely consistent with what our staff reports of the importance of volunteers. It's it's just irrefutable. Yeah, it's just it's just a, the way it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's just great. As in any study, you know, there's important limitations to acknowledge, which the researchers did while interpreting the findings. But you can learn all about the study. It's called Got Volunteers, and as I mentioned, it's from the Journal of Pain and Symptom Management. But it really does re- reinforce what we we know factually, you know, scientifically, that our volunteers improve the family experience and satisfaction. And you know, I'm really proud to tell you that although the government requirement is five percent, we are closer to ten percent of our hours, and that's more than ten thousand volunteer hours a year. Wow. Wow. And so this is just another reason why I always recommend Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. At every step, they just go above and beyond the requirements. And at this point, almost doubling that requirement to just just under 10 percent. So that is that is fantastic. And uh, and and David, just just to kind of put a point on that on that study. Mm -hmm. It's nice to know that what you know locally with with 
Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care was supported naturally in a in a in an objective way. For sure, yeah, it's uh, it's very validating, and um, I, we're we're just proud of it. So that's. It's great. That's excellent. So uh, this is probably no surprise to you, Melissa, uh, but uh, let, let's talk about uh, the the volunteers at uh, Kansas City Hospice. Sure. Um, well, first, I do love to hear a study that confirms what we already know, that our volunteers are such an integral part of the patient and family experience at Kansas City Hospice. Um, and let's talk about some big, big numbers while we're at it. So, The National Hospice and Palliative Care Association estimated that 420,000 trained hospice volunteers provided more than 19 million hours of service in 2019, which was the last year which they have data available. And is that an incredible number or what? That is, that's phenomenal. And what's even great for us is that at Kansas City Hospice, um, we're thrilled to have the engagement of around 300 volunteers annually. So folks can make a difference in the lives of people who are facing serious illnesses, their families, and the community by volunteering with us. There are so many ways to get involved, and we put a real emphasis on utilizing each volunteer's talents and interests so it's a win-win relationship. And it's actually threefold. Win-win-win. The families are better served, as David mentioned earlier, because the volunteer is involved. The volunteers themselves are fulfilled and are able to put their skills and interests to good use. And finally, as an organization, they fill a huge need for us. We need these volunteers. They're vital to everything we do. Uh, that, no doubt about it. And this is a great time to bring Lane into the conversation as well. And uh, Lane, tell us about some of the volunteer work uh, that uh, you see with uh, the Kansas City Hospice House. Well, thank you, Steve. First, I'll say that the Kansas City Hospice House is the largest inpatient hospice house in Missouri. We also have the North Care Hospice House, which is another large inpatient hospice house. So between these two and our home care patients, we have lots of patients and families to take care of. And we're so thankful to have such a wide, diverse group of hospice volunteers to do that alongside our dedicated professional staff. Our volunteers are really as diverse as the patients we serve. Um, They cover all ages, ethnic backgrounds, and lifestyles. Some of our volunteers are retired, others are working professionals, some are students, and we really love that mix. Many of our volunteers give respite, companionship, and other direct services to patients and families. Some of our licensed professional volunteers provide some in-home services to those who are unable to leave the house because of illness. Administrative professionals use their experience to assist with office needs, maintaining policies, marketing, photography, fundraising, board leadership, and more. And all of these folks are just caring individuals who offer their presence in some way that benefits our patients, their families, and our staff. Some of our volunteers even propose their own roles based on their unique experiences. And while their volunteer jobs might be different, they all bring this really heartfelt energy, love, and dedication, and and really compassion um, that ultimately enhances the professional skills of the rest of the patient care team. And Lane, that is that is just uh, that's excellent information, and I, I really appreciate all that. And and after the break, let's just pick that up uh, because the, I have so many more questions. <laughs> but uh, uh, first, let's not forget about that senior care live question of the week: What is the minimum and maximum age you need to be a volunteer at Kansas City Hospice? A. There is no minimum or maximum. B. Five years old to 50 years old. C, young at heart is all we ask. And D, complete an application and let's talk. What do you think? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. What is the minimum and maximum age you need to be a volunteer at Kansas City Hospice? And here are your options. A, there's no minimum or maximum. B, five years old to 50 years old. C, young at heart is all we ask. And D, complete an application and let's talk. And the answer is... D, the answer is D. And Melissa, why is it D? So while... Trained volunteers working with Kansas um, Kansas City Hospice House um, and you know home care patients must be 16 or older. There are many opportunities for groups that include younger youth, and there are opportunities for all ages, really. And um, fun fact: our oldest volunteer is 87 years old. 87. All right. And and we've had some volunteers actually here in the studio uh, over the last couple of years. And it was just really, uh, it was great to hear from them as well. So, all right. We have David, Melissa, and Lane all from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And and uh, Lane, before the break, uh, you were talking about how all of the volunteers just bring a really uh, a heartfelt energy and love and dedication and compassion that actually enhances the professional skills of the rest uh, of, the, of the patient care team and that's a great infusion of all of that in into the into the care team I, I think it's excellent absolutely as you mentioned Kansas City hospice is just a, a richer and more profound experience because of the contributions of our volunteers you know see I couldn't agree more and and if anyone would know that it's Lane and Melissa <clears throat> in fact Lane just received a very prestigious award from the Missouri Hospice and Palliative Care Association for her work with our volunteers. <clears throat> and I'm just going to tee this up and I'm going to let Melissa tell you a little bit more about the award and why Lane won. I just think it's important to know what kind of people you're working with if you do decide to volunteer with us. Well, and I hope a lot of our listeners will hear this and say, hey, I, I want to, I'm going to raise my hand. I want to volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and Lane, congratulations. And uh, let's hear about this. <laughs> you know, so Missouri Hospice and Palliative Care Association hosts an annual awards program called the Heart of Hospice Awards for member organizations, and one of the most competitive categories is the Heart of Hospice Individual Award for Employees. And because we have so many um, amazing and deserving employees, you know, just like other hospices, it's really a struggle each year to decide, you know, who to nominate on our end. And then the association gets to stack all of these incredible nominees that, that they have to decide among. And so this year, Lane won for the entire state. And we're so proud of her. I mean, we're proud of her if she never had won an award, but because we're so well aware of the work that she does on a daily basis, it's really just icing on the cake. And so that that is I'll tell you, that's <laughs> that's saying something, you know, <laughs> the best of the best. It is. It's it's a it's a huge moment. And we're so proud. And I'm going to turn it over to Melissa so she can tell you just why Lane won. And, and Lane, don't don't turn red. <laughs> so <laughs> Lane's over here like, oh, no, do I have to hear all of this? <laughs> Well, the first thing you should know is that Lane has been with Kansas City Hospice since 2013. Um, She has worked in and honestly excelled in many different roles for our organization. Uh, She's an incredible leader of volunteers and all of the associated programs. And she just has this quiet, calm demeanor. She's kind and compassionate and thoughtful. And she helps volunteers and families feel warm and welcome in our buildings. Lane is a wonderful listener. She pays attention to all of the littlest details. And 
most importantly, she takes great care to ensure a quality hospice experience for everyone she encounters, both our guests and our volunteers. I think you should talk a little bit about the holiday adoption program. Yeah. So every November and December, Lane dedicates hours of her time to our holiday adoption program, working with donors and volunteers to provide holiday gifts for more than 50 families and individuals annually. It's a massive undertaking to gather wish lists, match donors, collect gifts, and assign volunteers for deliveries. She sacrifices her own holiday season, oftentimes working you know, many evenings and weekends and the days leading right up to Christmas Day to mm. ensure everything runs smoothly and that every need is met. It's just such a beautiful program at that time of year. You can only imagine. That is amazing. And Lane, uh, just so just giving of yourself and working up right until Christmas Day and everything. I mean, that that's a big deal. So thanks for everything that you do. That, that's phenomenal. And you may have also heard of our Circle of Lights uh, memorial event coming up in May. And last spring, Lane volunteered to take the lane on that event as well. And so this is a large outdoor event with hundreds of luminary bags, sand, candles, tons of moving parts. But Lane recruited and organized volunteers for setup, event support, and tear down, um, setup and tear down. And, you know, of course, as it happens, sometimes the weather turned <laughs> bad and we had to move it indoors. But Lane and her team quickly pivoted and helped create a very meaningful indoor event. And I think the final thing I want to say about Lane before we move on to talk about, you know, more of our volunteer programs in general is that during the height of the pandemic, Lane was able to keep many volunteers engaged when they weren't allowed to be at the Kansas City Hospice House. Many of the volunteers really missed their time at the house because of the pandemic. Let's let's provide for our listeners. We may have some people saying, "Okay, so what do I what do I need to do? And we'll probably cover that here in a little bit. But what's a phone number if someone wants to just reach out and talk to you about volunteering? Sure. So they can call our main number. It's 816-363-2600. Okay. Um, and then another option is they can go to our website. Um, and correct me if I get this wrong, guys. It's uh, kchospice.org forward slash volunteers. Okay, perfect. 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 All right. Thank you, Melissa. And, and Lane, congratulations. It's easy to see how and why you were honored at the Heart of Hospice Award. And clearly your colleagues and peers appreciate the heart that you pour into your role. That's just uh, uh, amazing. And, and before the break, we learned how important volunteers are uh, at the operation of Kansas City Hospice, as well as a hospice house, as well as the award you just... And that information on our website, um, kchospice.org. You can click on volunteer at the top of the page or search for volunteer opportunities, and that will help get you started. And something your listeners should know is that many volunteer roles are flexible. So we have opportunities days, evenings, weekends, and pretty much any time. Some volunteers choose to be available on a weekly basis, others on an as-needed basis, um, or they respond to our newsletter. Trainings are held throughout the year, and so if that's something that sounds like you and you want to become a part of our ongoing core, um, just visit our website, select that area you'd like to volunteer, and we'll contact you soon. Excellent. That's kchospice.org, kchospice.org forward slash volunteers, or you could call the phone number to 816-363-2600. And don't go away. We're going to have a lot more from the great folks from KC Hospice and Palliative Care about volunteers. And you're going to want to know uh, some of the opportunities. And I'll, I think some of you are going to say, look, I want to raise my hand and get involved. So don't go away. We will be right back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next.
Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcast of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, Lane, let's... Uh, Let's talk about some kind of some specific examples of opportunities to volunteer at KC Hospice. Sure. Thank you, Steve. For those who want to become trained hospice and grief support volunteers, we have uh, in-home companionship for respite um, or respite for our patients, bedside vigils for those who are in their final hours. They could co-facilitate grief support groups for adults or children or even help at our grief support camps in July and September. We have front desk shifts available at both hospice houses. We're always looking for certified pet support teams. And we're also uh, looking for people who like to sew and might like to make memory bears and memory pillows for our patients and families. That's always a fun one. And you had mentioned that you're able to successfully keep the the volunteer program uh, not only viable, but just really thriving. But we all had to get creative. And so I, I remember David telling me about, you know, we, we had people, uh, you know, singing outside of windows and sidewalk uh, art, uh, chalk art, and, and just all, all, sorts of, uh, all sorts of different things uh, that, that we could do during the pandemic. That's, uh, that just hats off to, to both of you for uh, really getting creative and making that happen because that was, that was a rough go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we have an amazing volunteer team and they just, they stepped up and did what they could do to keep things moving. All right. That's amazing. So another option for volunteering is as part of our store boutique and heart and soul resale stores, volunteer teams. So we're always looking for friendly volunteers to fill regular shifts, helping customers with shopping purchases and accepting donations. There are non-customer facing duties, which may include sorting donations, organizing and cleaning, um, creating displays, researching prices, helping with online sales and so much more. If you'd like to join the Story Boutique or Heart and Soul volunteer team, the easiest thing to do is just stop by either of the stores, Story Boutique in Leewood, Kansas, or Heart and Soul in South Leewood. All of the proceeds from Story Boutique and Heart and Soul fund Kansas City Hospice. And then we also have a third option um, to support Kansas City Hospice as what we call a community volunteer. And for this, there's no application, no commitment of training, or need to accept an ongoing assignment. You would just respond to various opportunities such as our fundraising events or making crafts such as our heart door hangers, quilting or crocheting, um, or even host a community drive to collect needed items for our patients and families. You can always view the Community Volunteer Opportunities Flyer on our website for community um, volunteer service projects. And by requesting volunteer information online, you'll be placed on an email distribution list and will periodically receive a list of community volunteer opportunities from us. All right. So it's just very clear the need is definitely there. And I can sense how rewarding uh, all of these opportunities are. Uh, And really, any of them that you named might be just a great fit for so many people. I'd like to ask each of you, uh, do you have any special volunteer-related stories that you might share with us today so that our audience can just really get a feel uh, about, you know, what they are getting into if they were to sign up uh, for a a volunteer role? Sure, Steve. Uh, Some of our community volunteer opportunities that anyone can do without an application or or training include serving a meal, um, baking, or providing snacks. 
you know, bringing snacks or homemade treats to our hospice houses is really one of the most helpful things for our families. Students do it for service hours. One gentleman brings a car full of snacks several times a year to honor his late wife, and he's been doing that for several years. Um, we even have two families who actually met and bonded on the day their loved ones died. Mm. And those two families continue to come together to bring snacks and serve meals, which See, is really great. And that that's just a an absolute testament of the experience that they had with Kansas City Hospice. They were just so moved that even after their loved one passed away, they said, hey, you know, we want to we want to help other families because we we know what they went through. And so that that's just a, a great testament to uh, their experience there with you. Yeah. Pet support is something that's also really special, and it does require training and, and an application, but it creates such a happy memory for patients and families. And we're all about trying to create some happy memories, too, at that time. Um, and we wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't love to meet Grace or Maxwell or Fritz or Teddy or our most senior dog, little Eddie. Um, and they can actually cuddle with Eddie in bed. Um, he's about 15 years old right now, and he's been visiting patients and families most of his life now. And, and he's a snuggler. He's a cuddler. So. He's a cuddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have uh, four wiener dogs, and they are the snuggliest, cuddliest little thing. So uh, they bring a lot of comfort, I'll tell you that. So I'm sure that, I'm sure that all of them are hits. Absolutely. <laughs> And then the holidays are also, you know, an extra tough time to have a loved one in hospice care. So we really try to give a lot of extra volunteer support at that time. So with the help of our hospice volunteers and community groups, um, we give gifts, stockings, decorations, meals, and more. Um, it just really helps create some happy memories, some special moments. We even have Santa visits at our hospice houses and in patients' homes at, around Christmas time or, or really any time of year. Um, Santa's a, a really a big believer in good hospice care. <laughs> Well, that's as he should be. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Steve, I just think uh, these stories really underscore the importance of, of volunteers and why it's so important to celebrate National Volunteer Month. These are folks that um, have experienced our time and, and uh, our service, but then they want to give back. And it's it just uh, I think it's really kind of a, a lovely thing to be able to talk about. <clears throat> And while this next topic is a little bit unrelated to the amazing volunteers, um, I think it's important for us to to call attention to something else uh, before you know we exit today. You know, we're coming up on uh, National Healthcare Decisions Day on April sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those holidays, I guess, but the, it's an important one, and and I'm glad that um, that we're talking about it. The whole reason National Healthcare Decisions Day exists is to inspire and educate and empower listeners and their medical providers about the importance of advanced care planning. It's an initiative to encourage uh, patients to express wishes regarding health care and for providers and facilities to respect those wishes, uh, whatever they may be. So if you haven't made your plans known, April 16th is a good day to do so. It's a great day to revisit your plans. And we have some information and resources about making advanced planning decisions on our website, which is kchospice.org forward slash planning. All right. So thank you very much for all of that uh, uh, great information uh, that that you shared today and about the importance of volunteers and end of life care and uh, how, uh, you know, the the many ways that volunteers make a difference. And uh, where can listeners learn more about these opportunities? You know, um, the first step is to learn more about just becoming a volunteer with Kansas City Hospice. And to find out more about those um, opportunities available is to go to the website, uh, kchospice.org forward slash volunteer. 
And uh, that's where you can complete a short volunteer interest form. And one of our amazing volunteer coordinators like Lane will follow up with you. There's no obligation when filling out the form. It's really just a simply a way to learn more. And I also want to mention, of course, the the uh, kchospice.org forward slash planning for more information and links to resources on the topic of advanced care planning. Well, and, you know, talking about that advanced care planning, no – I mean, being able to state your wishes in advance while you have the mental capacity to do so, you're thinking clearly, I want heroic measures. I don't want heroic measures, just all of those things. That is so important. I just recently, I was working with a couple, uh, a husband and wife, and the husband passed away very unexpectedly mm-hmm. uh, just a few days ago. And we we were looking for a place for both of them. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to shift gears and look for a place just for her. But um that made me think of him, and I hope that he had his advanced planning uh, um, really in, in place. I, I think he did, but I, I don't know. It just it's just a good reminder. The day after tax day, April sixteenth. If you if you don't have a plan, you can get that done. If you have a plan, update it and review it. It's just that important, David. It's really important, and it's uh, not only. You know, as an individual, you're in control of the end of your life, which is it's I mean, that's very powerful. And it not only does it help your family and I can speak from my personal experience uh, when my mom uh, was at the end of her life. It was it was so important and valuable for me as a son, um, but also for your for their health care providers. They, so they know exactly what your wishes are. You know, and, and that's a good point. The health care providers, they don't know what to do. I mean, and I think sometimes by law, they have to go to the extreme measures unless it's been stated somewhere else. What if you didn't want the extreme measures taken? So they need to know what to do as well. So this is this is a help to your family. Uh, you you kind of take that burden kind of off their shoulders because you're just they're just following your wishes. Uh, the uh, the healthcare providers they're following your wishes, and it's really a, a beautiful thing. But it has to be done. So kchospice.org forward slash planning. If you're interested in volunteering, kchospice.org forward slash volunteer. And David and Melissa and Lane, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, It's just excellent, excellent program, excellent information. Uh, Congratulations on all of the success that you have with your, with a a significant volunteer program. And, uh, and thanks for being here. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. All right. We'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Okay, so I want to talk about a special type of insurance that most people don't have, most people will need, and most people think it's very optional, and in my opinion, it is just no longer optional at all. And this is one of the ways to pay for the high cost of senior care. The special type of policy is called long-term care insurance. It has nothing to do with your Medicare coverage. It has nothing to do with 
anything other than this is a special standalone type of insurance coverage, insurance policy that will help you pay for senior care. And it is a big, big, big deal. So a lot, I've already lost a lot of people. They're like, ah, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> right. Well, you need, I, I would encourage you to listen to this information. This, this is really important. Okay, I, there there's so many people that say, well, I, I don't want to pay for long term care insurance because, I mean, what if I don't need it? What if I don't what if I pay for it for 20 years and I never use it? OK, so I have so much to say about that. <laughs> I we all pay for our homeowners insurance and we all pay a ton of money. I mean, a lot of money for homeowners insurance. And we'll pay for our homeowners insurance for as, you know, as long as we own a house. That's decades. What do we hope? We hope we never have to use it, right? Am I right? <laughs> right? I hope I never have to file a claim on my homeowner's insurance policy, but what do I pay? I pay 200, 250 bucks a month every single month for decades. How is this any different? I pay a ton of money for Car insurance, automobile insurance, auto coverage. I hope to goodness I never have to file a claim. But if I do have a claim on my car, my car gets totaled. If I do have a claim on my house and I need a new roof, or God forbid if there's a fire or a tornado or anything like that and I have to have a total loss and I have to replace it or rebuild, guess what? I'm covered. That's the whole point of any insurance. You're transferring the risk to an insurance company for a certain amount of money every month. You transferred that risk. If there's loss, that risk is transferred to the insurance company that has tens or hundreds of billions of dollars backing it up, and then they'll pay for your loss and make make you whole. It's the same thing with long-term care insurance. You're looking at a full-time home care provider, twenty dollars to $25,000 a month for 24-hour coverage in your home. Assisted living, five, six, eight thousand, could be even upwards of nine, ten thousand dollars a month. Long term care, also known as a nursing home. Shared room, seven thousand to nine thousand, ninety five hundred dollars a month. A private room, ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars a month. Only about five percent of people own long term care insurance policies. But a whopping 75% of us will require long-term care and pay for long-term care at some point in our lives. That's a huge gap. It's a huge disparity. So I just don't, with, with, with the prices of senior care, it, they just continue to go up and go up and go up. Uh, it's really kind of getting out of hand uh, in, in some areas, I think. It's only going to continue to go up. So with a 75% chance that you're going to need it, <laughs> are you going to pay for it? Right? That, that's the whole point. We're shifting, we're shifting that burden of paying for it to the insurance company. We're transferring that risk. Again, this is just basic insurance stuff. Now, a lot of these policies, because so many people are just against paying for it, well, what if I don't use it? The insurance companies 
are doing something pretty, I think, pretty smart. They're bundling long-term care insurance with a life insurance or a death benefit. So if you are very fortunate enough to be in the 25% and you don't need long-term care and, and you would have uh, not gotten anything for, you know, for your premium for the last 20 years or whatever it is, well, a lot of these newer policies are hybrid policies and when you die, your loved ones would receive a death benefit. It has a life insurance component uh, blended with it. So, uh, so, to, to, so that objection just it was just overcome right there, <laughs> right? So, so it, it, long-term care insurance is going to help pay for home care, adult daycare, assisted living, long-term care, and uh, basically, you've got some components. I'm just going to rifle through these pretty quickly. An elimination period is basically your deductible. So you have 90 days is pretty typical elimination. So you pay the first 90 days, and then this policy starts paying on day 91. You could have a 30-day or a zero-day or 180 days. So you, you can you can move that around, and that will change your, your premium up or down. Okay, so that's, that's one, of the, one of the options. And then on the daily benefit, I would recommend $250 a day to help uh, pay for the, you know, the majority of what you might need. More is better, but the higher the benefit, the higher the premium. See how that works? Just like any other insurance. I would recommend a term of five years. The average length of stay in assisted living is 2.4 years. A high percentage of those residents will require long-term care. The average length of stay is 2.4 years, so there's your five years. You've got your averages kind of covered. So you could, uh, again, a longer term is is uh, maybe even better, but it just costs more. And then the 5% inflation rider, uh, you must have this because in 20 years from now, uh, the prices are going to be doubled. And if you don't have that inflation rider that keeps up, just bumps up a little bit every single year, you're not going to keep up. Right, and then and then your policy is really going to fall short in twenty years, if that's the if that's the situation. So, uh, get that five percent inflation rider, and then I don't have any time to break this down. You will thank me later, but in my opinion, that policy must 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 be a state partnership plan. And again, I don't have any time to break that down. Maybe on another program, uh, I'll break that down. So uh, again. Uh, Long-term care insurance, in my opinion, it's no longer an option. I, I think I think we all have to have this. So we're going to have to bite the bullet, get get a hybrid plan that has a life insurance benefit uh, to help you know relieve that concern of what if I just waste my money here. Uh, if there's a life insurance benefit, then you're 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 going to get something out of it, uh, regardless of what happens. Okay, the best time to uh, get this policy, I think, is uh, fi- age 55 plus or minus five years. You can definitely get it at an older age. It's just going to cost you more. Uh, you can get it at a younger age. So, And you have to have pretty decent health to qualify for this type of insurance. So uh, hopefully that helps on the topic of long-term care insurance. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. 
Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.